in the not too distant future, sex will be illegal. The exact time is unimportant. Suffice it to say, several generations hence. In this world of the future, overpopulation had taken its toll. A drastic drop in the birth rate became necessary for the world's survival. All right, are you ready to take a journey into the future? Yes. Um, have you ever been roller skating? Um, yes, I did poorly. Me too. I fell down a lot. <laughs> and every time I fell, I would hit my head. <laughs> well. And, uh, that's a lot of tear today. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, welcome to the Raincoat Report. This is Bossy with Jeremy. Yes. And, I'm, uh. I'm going to be reliving a concussion that brought me a vision of the future. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. That's what this film was. Oh. I saw it, though, when I hit my head. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you never hit your head and just learn things? I've hit my head. I don't think that I've ever learned things, and I've certainly never seen a uh, feature pornographic film as a result. Well, well <laughs> we can't all live such a blessed life. I guess not. But uh, There's a Macarena, is what I heard. When I hit my head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a song that they would play, like, to try to teach us to skate. <laughs> I had, like, skating lessons, and we would go, I like, went every week for a while, and I just kept falling and hitting my head, and my mom wouldn't stop taking me. <laughs> I went roller skating once or twice, but I did actually take ice skating lessons at one point. Uh, it was a poor decision on my part, because I never could, like even like really be upright on them <laughs> mm-hmm. uh i never got any good at it and my ice skating career was very brief ice skating yes you roller skate i said i went roller skating oh, once then, or twice but i actually ice, took lessons for ice, ice skating. skating okay well i'm sorry i can't focus because i hit my head so many times on the <laughs> roller rink floor but uh, i fell on the ice a lot and it's unpleasant that's cold. It is. Wow. <laughs> so uh, I would have never been an ice baby for sure. And I almost certainly would never be a roller baby. No. Um, as a result, you're not going to make it in the future. <laughs> because in the future, there is no sex. But there will be roller babies. Yes. So uh, That's yes. what we're covering this week is a... Film on the Raincoat Report, podcast starring me and Boss. Yep. Talking about roller babies. Yes. Talking about concussions. Talking about CTE. Talking about the future. Talking about crypto. (laughs) Right? Are we doing cryptocurrency talk? No. Thank God. (laughs) No. uh, So, yeah, instead of doing the Raincoat Files this year, which I think we teased at one point and decided not to do... Yeah, uh, we are we are doing one uh, look into the uh, sex of the future. Yeah, the future of sex. Yes, and uh, you know we've seen stuff that kind of touches on these same subjects, things like uh, things to come and uh, cafe flesh. Yes, uh, but this takes a very different route uh, with 
some of the concepts that appeared in those films. So this film was directed by Carter Stevens, who is a... Cafe Flesh. Things to come. Familian to Carter Stevens. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this was directed by Carter Stevens, who uh, was a fairly prolific director, but I don't believe we actually covered anything that he's directed so far. So um, it's nice to get a chance to uh, take a look into what weird stuff he was up to. And uh, one example of that is Roller Babies. The Roller Babies are coming to your town. Yes. Is that how the song goes? You were singing it earlier. Roller Babies, they'll make your dreams come true. Roller Babies, I don't know. I'd... It doesn't sound like they're coming to town. You were yeah, singing it so perfectly before. I think I was lost. You got stage fright. (laughs) (laughs) I think I totally lost uh, how it went, but yes. Yeah. Uh, So we have some people in this that we've seen before, including uh, Susan McBain and Terry Hall, uh, Roger Kane, Mary Stewart, um, but not not too many of the, uh, you know, A-list porn celebrities of the time. Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, what we have here is a group of people that made something kind of (laughs) unique. Yes, it's very much in the vein of, like you said earlier, uh, Things to Come. Yeah. It has that similar, uh, like that low-budget, like independent kind of uh, streak. I mean, like more like so than like most porn, you know. uh, Yeah. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? Like, yeah, there's it's not low a ton budget. of there's not yeah there's not like a ton of like people we know in it yeah uh, and it's a it's sort of a unique vision of the future it is I would say I'm sorry I'm uh, quit being distracted I want to talk about the future with you <laughs> okay when are we gonna move in together um probably never that's fair <laughs> I would make a nuisance of myself yes you would. For sure. We can barely make it through the podcast without you making a nuisance of yourself. That's fair. That might be fair. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Roller Babies. I was really excited to cover this one. uh, Yeah. Since it was, uh, since you received your copy of it, I was, uh, I'd recently seen the original Rollerball and I was thrilled about a pornographic version of that. But that's uh that's not what I got. Yeah, I was considering whether or not I should watch Rollerball before I watch Roller Babies, and it seems pretty clear that uh, I didn't really miss a lot there. No, I think you would. <laughs> I think a better film for you to like get in the space of this would be like Back to the Future. Fair enough. Just something with a wacky scientist. <laughs> <laughs> we do have a wacky scientist. This film's more about. I don't know. This film's kind of like a. It's like a Ferris Bueller's Day Off meets Back to the Future. I could see that. Or uh, How to Succeed in Business or whatever that shit is. You know, it's about a, it's more about a con man than anything else. Yeah, like most great films. Yeah, like most great films. Catch Me If You Can, Pulsating Flesh, <laughs> uh, I think Paper Moon, I think that's about a con man. Uh, Ten Commandments. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Tim Con Air. Con Air, yes. That was about a bunch of con men trapped on a plane. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Think about those things when you watch Roller Babies. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. As think you- about all of those. Let them roll around in your head like a bowling ball. Yeah. Or like a roller skater, even. Yes. A roller baby, even. <laughs> Million dollar roller baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, so this was recently, within the past year, released by Vinegar Syndrome as a double feature with another one of uh, Carter Stevens' films, uh, Mount of Venus, I think, or Mm -hmm. something like that. But uh, yeah, that is Roller Babies, and uh, we're going to dig into it, as is our thing. Yeah, we are going to focus our energies and project ourselves into the far future where roller baby is law. (laughs) Well, don't poop yourself. I'm not. I'm focusing my mental powers, not my, listen, unlike you, all of my chakras are perfectly aligned. Okay. And I'm functioning at pretty much peak human performance. So I'm about to blast, not a stream of shit, but a pure beam of energy from my forehead that will uh, take us to the break. All right. Well, all right. We'll be back and we'll talk more about roller babies. Do you see it? Ah. <laughs> Smarter than most teenagers is all. <laughs> That's something you can really hang your hat on. Yeah. <laughs> I could outwit 95% of them about 90% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> You're wily and creative. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But uh, you know who else is real creative? It was Carter Stevens when he made this film that you're going to tell us about. Yes, indeed. So we open in Roller Babies... At a desk where we're introduced to Fuller Shite, who I wasn't very clear on what he was until later in the film, but it turns out he is the director of the... The FEC? He's the director of the FEC, the Federal Exhibition Commission. Okay. Um, But he's also our film's narrator? Yes, and he goes in and out of interacting with people and narrating the film as the film goes on. (laughs) So uh, one thing that stood out to me before I even heard him start talking was the posters on the wall. Yes. uh, Which includes one that says, don't ruin your life, don't screw. And another one that I couldn't see all of it, but amongst other things, it says sex is dirty and can be hazardous to everyone's health. It's true. So, Fuller Scheidt explains to us that in the near future, sex will be illegal. The exact time is unclear, but it'll happen in the next several generations. Mm -hmm. 
It's designed to control population because of overpopulation. Sure. They decided that birth control and even sterilization surgery was not good enough, so the government stepped in with sexual impulse suppressants, pills that everybody's supposed to take. Yeah. Intercourse was made a felony, and oral sex was a misdemeanor, as it could lead to intercourse. Naturally. Masturbation became the most desirable form of sexual release. Pornography became not only legal and desirable, but a multi-million dollar industry subsidized by the government. Hell yes. The Library of Congress amassed the greatest collection of pornography, and Al Goldstein was granted a cabinet commission. Excellent. A cabinet position. Then we see another poster on the wall, which becomes more important as time goes on, and it says, WSEX-TV presents Sherman Frobish's The Fuckin' Suck Show, starring Taffy Pull and Jonathan Z, Sundays at 8 p.m. Fuller Shite continues to talk. He says, Those who remembered intercourse lined up to be granted licenses from the FEC to be licensed to legally have sex for exhibition only. He explains that two of the top stars included Jonathan Z and Taffy Poole, whose lives would be forever changed when they met producer Sherman Frobish. In the not-too-distant future, sex will be illegal. But there will be roller babies. This is their story. We then get credits on screen where we have photos of the various actors. Mm-hmm. Not quite as flashy as last week's Spitfire, but yeah, nice all the same. Yes, functional if nothing else. As the film opens properly, we open on Alice Kojak, who is uh, played by Yolanda Savalas. She answers the phone. She says, 6969, who's calling? It's a call from Mr. Smith from the TV station. She tells him that Sherman Frobish can't take the call right now, and we see it's because he's too busy going down on Alice. Oh, yes. However, the TV guy is insistent and can't wait. So uh, Sherman takes the call, and he apparently wants more creative ideas on the Suck and Fuck show. Yeah, there's only so much sucking and fucking you can watch before it uh, becomes routine. She al- He also mentions that the widow of the female impersonator with the horse is going to sue. Oh, mentions yeah. it was the one playing Catherine the Great. Uh-huh. So, uh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like, I don't think it's true, but that's like uh, that's how the they myth. say she died. Yeah. yeah. She was banging a horse. <laughs> and then it fell on her. That's why you got to be careful with horses. Yeah. Horses are, uh, they're no joke. They aren't. Sherman goes down on Alice a bit more when she starts to moan. Sherman stops her and tells her to be careful. Alice notes that she can't concentrate with the surveillance camera pointed at him. But Sherman explains there's a filter on the camera that distorts the image and the people monitoring them see that she's like doing paperwork or something like that yeah sherman notes that the people monitoring them are used to watching people masturbate and alice mentions that she used to masturbate and she just got a tingle but ever since she started working with sherman she's been coming and coming and coming the phone rings again and it's Vito, who sherman apparently owes money to sure Sherman... Even in the future, you gotta watch out for Italians. (laughs) 
Sherman has Alice tell Vito that he'll get a check at the end of the month. Vito apparently tells Alice to tell Sherman to remember what happened to Sidney's kidneys. Oh. So uh, he's getting quite a threat here. Sherman then takes a meeting with Hope Chest, who is uh, played by Terry Hall. Uh, I should add that Sherman himself is played by Alan Marlowe. Have we seen him in anything? His name seems familiar to me. Yeah, he's not someone that I can remember from the top of my head, but... He was in Big Abner as the G-Man. Okay, I that's definitely not where I would like remember him from, but uh, we have seen him before, yes. He was also in Barbara Broadcast as Joyce's client. He's got the big meaty roles that every actor strives for. <laughs> <laughs> like, this might be like his leading, like this might be like his break. Wasn't a big one, but... It was, it was something. Oh, he was in The Passions of Carol as Billy Baxter. So, uh... Okay. Great. <laughs> Is that... Was he dead? Was he alive? Was that someone who worked for, like, that magazine? Was that one of Bob Cratchit's friends? I don't remember. Oh, why would you? Alan Marlowe. Alan Marlowe? Yes. Man of, uh... Many roles. Yes. Few. There are no... Small roles. Only small actors. Like Vern Troyer. <laughs> So, Hope Chest is interested in joining this line of work. Sherman notes she needs a license, but Hope says she can't apply for a license until she has a job offer. Sherman asks her if she thinks she's cut out for this work. He notes she's still a virgin, and he then decides to invite her to his club, where they'll they'll be taping next week's show. They're going to have lunch at the uh, the Hungry Sphincter. Yes. And uh, I guess I would have lunch there. So, yeah, uh, we get introduced here by the MC Austin Rod uh, to the Fucking Suck Show, which is brought to us by PBS, the Pornographic Broadcasting System. Hell yes. Uh, this is like one of the, this guy has, I think, like one of the unique futuristic touches this film has, mm-hmm. where they have sort of like, his outfit is terrible, but it is like futuristic. It's like a double-breasted kind of like, the lapels uh-huh. on like a sweater or like just a long sleeve shirt. And that is, and then that is tucked into his pants. Okay. It is a uh, terrible, <laughs> I hate the fashion of the future. <laughs> like it's not like a sports coat or anything. It's all like, I guess like one piece. Right. Um, and you can definitely tell that it was like something, uh, made on the cheap for this film. Cause I think later on, our boy Sherman has one on and it's like, just like very loosely like knitted to like the shoulders and it's just like hanging off. Cause I think he's like bending over to fuck someone. Uh-huh. Uh, but that's what it's like in the future. That's going to be fashion in this. Uh, this is, I think before the nukes go off. Okay. So this is like club flush, like before that. Okay. Does that make sense? People weren't mutated enough to like have good art yet. Right. But everything else was more or less in place. No one could fuck. Right, but the vi- difference is... Later on, they couldn't fuck because they'd all gotten mutated. Right. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. 
But that's okay. the main difference. First, they weren't allowed to, and then they weren't able to. Gotcha. So it's the dead, the living will envy the dead in the future <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. Austin Rod tells the viewers at home, feel free to do it with both hands so that you can't change the channel. I get it. We get introductions to the acts that night, Then among them, we're getting Jonathan Z and Taffy Pool, the stars. Mm -hmm. Alongside, from the Denmark Ballet, Caesar Shorthairs, and Hedonistic, performing a part of the Nutsucker Suite. Uh, We also have Lillian Lustbutton, erotic comedian. Senor Cajones, a ventriloquist with his talking cock. We also have Patty Cakes and her all-girl orchestra, and many, many more. Ooh. Hope questions why Senor Cojones has a talking cock routine. And then Sherman starts to go on his porn history rant. It's he talks good. about Linda Lovelace, and Hope confirms that she remembers her from her porn history class. Mm-hmm. Sherman explains that when Lovelace came along, no one had ever seen someone suck a cock like she did. But after a while, others came along and Linda was forgotten. Sherman continues with his philosophy, explaining, A cunt is a cunt and a cock is a cock. And while some are bigger than others, they all look big on a screen, so you have to keep things fresh. He explains that a novelty itself can become erotic, so you have to have a gimmick. We then cut to Fuller at his desk, addressing the camera again. He says, This scene you have just witnessed contains redeeming social significance. We then cut back to the club, and the show begins with Jonathan Z and Taffy Poole. So, Jonathan Z is played by David Williams, and Taffy Poole is Mary Stewart. Our stars take to a mattress in the middle of the room and make out. Sherman tells Hope to watch, and she notes she didn't take her suppressants today. Thankfully, Sherman has a pill to share with her, who, which he claims is a sexual uh, suppressant. Uh-oh. Hope brings up that there's a laser operation that kills the sex drive for good, but it's said that they're too expensive. Hope asks Sherman if those were the right pills, because she feels a little funny. We watch as Jonathan Z and Taffy Pull are on their sides facing one another and fucking and making out, as the audience watches on in excitement. There's a, gu- there's a distorted guitar riff playing along as we get some close-ups of the penetration. Hope caresses Sherman's neck. She says, I feel different. She notes that she likes it, and also that it feels lewd-like. <laughs> Hope is insistent that they should go, despite the fact that they're going to miss out on Senor Cajones' talking cock. That's a bummer. I really would have liked to stay, too. I've seen that. Yeah. Sherman and Hope walk away as Jonathan starts to fuck Taffy doggy style. This continues for a bit. Mm-hmm. We see Hope and Sherman walking out of the club with Sherman demanding that Hope stop calling him Shermy as she has been. Meanwhile, Jonathan Z and Taffy continue to bang hard. We get cutaways to the audience members watching. They Richard, piv- was Richard did you spot Richard Belzer? <laughs> I didn't catch that, no. <laughs> Damn. I was hoping he was hiding out again. (laughs) Yeah. They pivot and get in an odd position where they're sitting and facing each other before shifting to missionary. Eventually, Jonathan pulls out and coats Taffy's face with cum as the audience applauds. Taffy rubs the cum all over her face with Jonathan's cock. What was, like, their special thing? They were just, like, a normal couple fucking... 
I think that maybe because they're stars, they don't have to have a special thing. Oh, okay. I don't. That's my guess. Okay. Or at like... least my uh, my explanation to okay. get through this. Sure, sure. Because <laughs> even then, I'm like these are their best. But I guess the, uh, the talent pool has dwindled since people can't fuck as often to uh, get you know like get a uh, feel for it. Right. You know, it's hard to get that work experience. It's like how every entry level job now requires like a college degree, right? Uh, it's similar to that, and uh, this movie is eerily accurate, <laughs> especially because it's still uh, the only thing stopping people from getting like perfectly sterilized in this film is that it's still too fucking expensive. Yeah, <laughs> just like healthcare. Yeah, nothing changes. We cut back to Sherman with Hope. They enter an apartment. I believe this is Sherman's apartment as we see it again later with him. Sherman asks Hope why she stopped at the store, and she reminds him that he told her she needed a gimmick, so she has Sherman lay down on the bed and begins to coat his genitals and her hands with uh, what appears to be some sort of pistachio pudding. I thought it was ice cream, but it might be... Like, melting ice cream, but it could be pudding. It's pistachio something. Yeah. But uh, for the listener who's not sure about pistachios, they're very green. Yeah. So it's just like a green, minty slime. Yes. Sherman says, well, this has been done before, but what the hell? (laughs) So Hope begins to stroke and suck on Sherman's cock. They don't need to worry about unnecessary procreation here because he is not getting hard. This continues for a bit, and Hope's really working it. It's not her fault he's soft. No. But the couple continues to rub the stuff all over each other's bodies as they go, and uh, Sherman grabs a can of whipped cream and sprays Hope down a bit with it. This is a real sloppy mess. The old sloppy style, as opposed to the new. Yeah, no, it's, it's just a nasty mess at this moment. Sherman eventually does get hard, and we see Hope continue to work his cock. She says, pistachio's my favorite, as they continue to play with each other, and she sucks his cock. Yeah, I had wondered at first if, like, since I thought it was ice cream, if maybe it was just real cold, and that's why he wasn't getting hard. But if it's pudding, there's less excuse. There's less excuse, but it could be cold, well. It would be a room temperature. It would just, at that, maybe, it would be an an impediment. It would be like a condom made of pudding. (laughs) (laughs) After a while, we watch as Hope finishes Sherman off with her hands, and she sucks and strokes his cock a bit more. Afterwards, Sherman notes she's really good for a virgin. Hope notes it helps that she had watched so much porn. Fuller Shite appears again on screen, telling us that many relationships and marriages have benefited from from pornography. So does he know this is going on? Clearly. He, I don't know. He's, as the narrator, he does, but as his character, does he know? Uh, I don't know. It doesn't seem like his character knows that they're having sex. He's I don't really, know. It's really, bl- it's really blurring the lines here. I will say that it's, this film's plot does not actually fully make sense. It's avant-garde. It is a bit. In bed, Sherman is wiping up and gets a call. He's told that the commissioner of the FEC is at his office. Sherman asks Hope if she can find a way home, and Hope is upset because she wants to be a star, and Sherman tells her to just keep working at it. Fuller Scheidt appears again on screen, explaining that Sherman was invited to meet him. 
He notes Sherman's life of success, glamour, and illicit sex was about to take a turn for the worse. He has to repeat several times, annoyed each time that he's not getting a response, Yeah, that his life was about to take a turn for the worse. Uh, clearly meaning that that's supposed to be the prompt for him to enter the scene. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's an old joke, you know. Yeah. So, uh, but it does once again confuse things. <laughs> I'm not sure what's real and what's not. A roller babies? Did that happen? No. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Eventually, there's a knock at the door, and Sherman comes in and sits down. Fuller congratulates him on his show's success at first, but then tells him that new competitors are challenging Sherman's network, PBS. So this led me to add, if Fuller is with the Federal Exhibition Commission and the director, why is he concerned about which network is successful? Yeah, I wrote that too. I was like, I "I don't think you can really outcompete the (laughs) feds for the most part. Like, yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Because, like, the actual PBS, like, public broadcasting, it's not, like, concerned about ratings. Right. But this is. Um, so, in addition to everything else, this seems to be some sort of horrible libertarian future. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Fuller talks about other networks failing and tells him that the audience wants new creative sex. He explains that the fucking suck show has had its ratings drop over the last year, and now... It's going to be canceled after six more episodes. Fullershite explains that his son, Bullshite, will be producing the show taking its spot. Fuller is acting like this is no big deal, but Sherman breaks down in tears, considering having to live in a worse apartment. Apparently right now he just lives in like a cubicle. (laughs) Uh, Also prescient. They want us to live in the cubes. That's what they tell me online. They say... You're going to live in the pod, and you're going to eat some bugs. Oh, no. That's what they That's what they say they want for us. Great. And then people are like, I won't live in the pod, and I won't eat the bugs. <laughs> uh, and they're real upset about it online, so... I'm so confused by the conversations you get in online. This is a belief system online. Okay. It's not my fault, but they want you to live in your cube, boss. And they want you to eat their bugs. Shit. Are you going to do it? No. So you're one of those people who's worried <laughs> about that kind of thing. That's real fucking weird. Well, I mean, what kind of conversations are you getting into online that you believe that? So Fuller Shite is cheery and invites Sherman to lunch soon, but Don't sends him off. Question. Fuller addresses the camera again, telling us that Sherman consulted Professor Irving Roxolf. Roxolf. Professor Irving Roxoff. It's a pun. Sherman then enters a door labeled Frobish Bioplastic Inc. Irving Roxoff, PhD. So apparently Sherman owns a bioplastic company. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's like 3D printing. Oh, wait, no. I guess it's. I guess in the future it's like for robotics and stuff, as we will see. Yes, I guess so. But Sherman didn't seem to know about any of this, so I don't know why his company would be Frobish Bioplastics when he didn't know. I don't know. We'll figure it out. It's all a bunch of shell companies under the Fed just <laughs> moving money around and keeping the economy going in their uh, the big juggle game before the bomb drops. 
Sherman explains to Irvin that he's going to have to let him go since he won't be able to afford him soon. Irvin talks in like rambling mutters and I don't catch everything that he says. Yeah. I just kind of get the gist of what he's talking about he's sometimes. He's like a vaguely kind of like Yiddish sort of like accent to him and yeah. just kind of mutters. Kind of scatterbrain talk. Yeah, he's he's a Dr. Uh, Dr. Brown? Yes. Is that his name? Yeah, Dr. Brown. I think it's Dr. Brown. Dr. Emmett Brown, yes. Okay, good. I was... <laughs> I was concerned that I had, like... Doc Brown. Become so fog-brained that the only doctor I could think of was (laughs) Dr. Brown. (laughs) Because that's the one I mostly see. (laughs) But I've uh, been seeing Dr. Brown for this for ages. I don't know why there's an issue. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, he has a lab coat and a big tie. Yes. No shirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you notice that? No, I didn't. Uh, I noticed his hairy belly underneath. I was like, <laughs> oh, wow. Um, but he's a genius. You know, he's got to kind of let him do what he's going to do. Yeah. So Irvin mentions that he made Sherman the tool to trick the camera while he's fucking the filter that he mentioned earlier. Yeah, yeah. He also made the pills that counteract the sexual suppressants, which apparently is what he gave Hope earlier to make yeah, her all horny. They're just like little... Um, Gel tabs, they look like little ibuprofens. Yeah. And they're in a, uh, they don't have pill bottles in the future. They have like little plastic cases. Yeah, the kind uh, that like thumbtacks come in. The kind that thumbtacks come in, the kind that I have like, uh, if you have like trading cards or something, you would put them in. Yeah. Like similar to that. Irvin suggests that maybe he and Sherman could sell those pills after the show ends, but Sherman dismisses the idea. Irvin then suggests that he has an idea on how to make money. Irvin then pulls up a sheet, and we see a naked woman underneath it. Sherman reacts in shock, thinking it's a dead body, but Irvin explains she's just like a real woman. Sherman realizes he means to sell her like a sex doll, and Sherman seems a bit confused by this, asking if people would want to put themselves inside a robot. But Irvin corrects Sherman. She's not a robot. She's an android. Android and she has 69. This- Yes, and she has the same organs as a real woman. It's like in Dragon Ball Z. Yes, Android 69. Yes. So Irvin awakens Android 69 and introduces her to Sherman. Irvin notes that she's named 69 because there were 68 others before her. Excellent. Just happened to work out that way. That's just, you know, it's fate. Irvin says that Sherman should try her out. So 69 gets on her knees and begins to suck Sherman's cock. She sucks and strokes his cock for a bit and finishes him off with her hand, stroking him as he spurts onto her face, and it looks like it might have gotten in her nose as well. Hmm. We fade out and back in to Sherman, now fucking her as she lays on her back. Do you think that all sex droids have ass acne? Uh... At least the 69th one did. (laughs) We get some shots from a few different angles as he's fucking her. Afterwards, we see Sherman asking for a towel. Irvin mentions that androids use a special lubrication that dries in the air, so he shouldn't even have to worry about that. Irvin notes that there are still bugs, noting, amongst other things, that she talks. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. But Sherman notes that, importantly, she can't get pregnant. We cut to Sherman on the phone talking to Vito, and apparently he's telling him about the androids going into production, and Sherman is very excited. 
It would be legal to fuck an android. Right, because theoretically they shouldn't get pregnant. Yeah. Uh, an android gets pregnant. Is it fully human? I'll have to watch the later seasons of Dragon Ball Z to be sure. <laughs> I know they have a daughter at one point. Oh, okay. But I don't know what her deal is because I stopped watching it. Because 9-11 happened and I had to grow up real fast. <laughs> it happened during the Boo Saga. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. We cut to the office and Alice tells Sherman that Miss Vice Squad is there to see him about being on the show. Sherman at first tells her that we don't need to see any more performers after all the show's about to end, but finally agrees to see her. So, Miss Vice Squad is played by Susan McBain. Mm -hmm. She explains that her gimmick is that she can give mind, and Sherman asks, you mean head, but she confirms that she means mind. She explains that she can get a man off using her mind powers. Miss Vice Squad tells him she can show him later tonight. So we immediately cut to later, and we're in Sherman's apartment, and he's mm -hmm. naked. As Miss Vice Squad rubs her head, we get a synthy sound effect, a woo, as uh, Sherman is twitching and such. So we watch the, over the course of like a minute him get hard. So in this feature, there are psychics. Yes. Like, we, like scanners, probably? Perhaps. Like, probably like made like by like... In a lab. I don't know. Maybe. Well, she works for the CIA. Well, we don't know that yet. Well, I knew it. I could tell. <laughs> we see his face grimacing, almost as if in pain. And then we cut to a slow-mo shot of his untouched cock spurting cum. Yeah. Miss Vice Squad continues to rub her head as we see him coming from a different angle. Afterwards, Sherman says, That was incredible! Miss Vice Squad suggests that they have a drink, and Sherman offers to get the champagne. As he makes the drink, he drops one of his magic pills into Miss <laughs> Vice Squad's drink. No. Sherman cheers to mind jobs. <laughs> Miss Vice Squad says that sometimes champagnes go straight to her head, and she does naughty things. She then begins to suck his cock. As this starts, Sherman gets a call from Alice, who tells him that she couldn't find a permit for Miss Vice Squad, and she suspects that there may be an issue here. After hearing this from Alice, Sherman tries to get Miss Vice Squad to stop blowing him, but she says she could pay the fines for this offense. Sherman finally picks up the phone and acts like he's going to report her. Miss Vice Squad says that she's actually Anita Gumshoes with the CIA. Sherman oh. says, there hasn't been a CIA in over 20 years, and Anita says, not the Central Intelligence Agency, but the Carnal Intelligence Agency. Oh yeah, they just spy on people who are just trying to get their dick wet, and that's yeah. not very nice. She presents her badge and notes that they've been investigating his reportedly promiscuous behavior. Anita says she was starting to like Sherman, and she suggests that maybe they can do something off the record, and Sherman tells her to get lost. Anita gets upset and says that she's going to end up busting him, noting she's telepathic and she's going to be reading his mind, so she storms off. We then cut to Sherman getting a panicked call from Irvin. Uh, we see Sherman arrive at Irvin's lab, and then we realize the problem. Android 69 is pregnant. Oh, shit. Irvin says he must have made her too much like a human. Irvin's stumbling and stammering and... 
Sherman is yelling at him. They know that they could end up in the penitentiary and that the last episode of the fucking sucks show is soon and they're going to run out of money. We then see Anita going I through... I thought it was public money. I thought it was like taxes. The, with the, pub, the pornographic... Is it public? Well, he's not going to have any money if he doesn't have a show, though. That's true. I thought they when were running the sh- out of money for the show. Okay, never mind. No, the show's getting canceled in six weeks. And then the weeks. money's going to dry up. Right. He's got so they're trying on. to get their hustle going before the show ends. No, I, I get that. I just had gotten confused about... I thought he needed money for the show for some reason. Gotcha. Okay. Then we see Anita in Sherman's office going through some of his paperwork. Sherman and Alice walk in and Sherman asks her, Is this a Watergate? <laughs> Sherman yells at her and tells her he's going to pound her and teach her a lesson. Alice assists in holding Anita down as Sherman strips off her clothes and fights with her a bit more as he pulls off her as he pulls off his bottoms. Sherman starts to fuck Anita from behind as Alice undresses and then tries to force something into her mouth, which I totally have no idea what it was. Could not tell. Anita... Is it the lollipop? I don't think it was a lollipop. Well, maybe. I don't know. Okay. Why is she forcing a lollipop into her mouth? Because uh, they have, like, I think that she had a lollipop in the first scene she was in, and it had, like, the sex stimulant it thing. It did, but I think that it's in a few minutes that Sherman reveals to her that the lollipop had the sex stimulant. Oh, okay. Or th- the anti... I thought maybe she was just making her suck it. I don't know. I'm confused. The flow of information in this film is you have to understand things that come later to understand the things that came before. Anita does finally relax from whatever Alice gave her, so maybe it it probably is the lollipop Maybe then. she just shoved a bunch of pills in her mouth. I don't know. We get some close-up shots of Sherman fucking her from behind, and then he pulls out and pushes his cock into Anita's ass as the electric guitar kicks in hard, Yeah. and Alice assists by spreading Anita's cheeks. After a minute, Anita lays back on Sherman's desk as he eats her out, and Alice sucks his cock a bit. Anita sucks Sherman's fingers as he fucks her vagina more. He continues to fuck her as she lays back on his desk for a bit. We then see Anita, Alice, and Sherman together naked afterwards. Sherman asks Anita to admit that she liked it, and Anita says she does really like him, and she was trying to tell him before that she liked him. Anita says she didn't know what she was missing. Sherman admits... Uh... Sherman admits to the women that he was drugging them with these pills. The ladies seem to be totally fine with this. Uh, And this is when he notes that the lollipops had it in in there. In fact, Anita says that she wants to quit working for the government and be a sex star for Sherman. Sherman explains, though, that he's going to be off the air in a month. Sherman asks Anita if she can use her powers to help him stay on the air. He also notes he needs to get Vito off his back. We then cut to Anita and Alice together talking. Anita explains that she needs to lay low because the CIA is going to be looking for her. Oh no. Just as they're discussing that, a person knocks on the door claiming to be maintenance. Anita tells Alice, at the same volume that they answered the person at the door, that it must be the CIA agent. Uh, Anita dresses and then puts on a wig. 
The guy comes in, he's talking like a maintenance guy. He talks about all the weird things that he's seen in people people's homes and asks where the camera is. So in the other room, Alice walks in and takes the weird filter off the surveillance camera in uh, Sherman's bedroom. And as Anita and the quote-unquote maintenance guy walk into the room, Alice is laying on the bed. As the maintenance guy is looking at the camera, Alice and Anita undress and begin to make out with each other and then with him. Hmm. He relaxes as they begin to undress him and Anita begins to suck his cock. This continues for a bit, and we get some close-ups of Alice really deep-throating his cock as Anita and the maintenance guy are making out, and Alice is playing with Anita's vagina. Anita straddles the maintenance guy's face as he eats her out from below, and Alice continues to suck his cock. After a bit, Anita starts to ride the maintenance guy's cock reverse cowgirl. This goes on for a bit, and then the maintenance guy starts to fuck Alice Missionary. He switches to Anita after a bit and finally pulls out, coming on Anita's chest and Alice's face. We then cut to Irvin's lab. Sherman's there and he's very celebratory. Irvin's mumbling that he understands what's going on and Sherman's probably just going to kill himself. Uh, But Irvin seems to think that he may have resolved the pregnancy issue going forward. He starts going over the costs of the androids, and apparently, based on that, the androids would have cost like $6 million apiece, uh, which much. is too much. <laughs> yeah, especially, well, I'm going to say especially in like 1970s money, but we don't know when this is, so... There could have been a lot of inflation. It might be like $200. Yeah, it might be very little, actually. <laughs> so, as they're arguing, the professor talks about there being another invention that he has... That makes it so he can't fall while he's rolling around on his skates, which we see him yeah, rolling he, back and he forth He has on. been rolling around for a while. Uh, well, how long, about how long in the to the film is this? Like about 50 minutes? So, what is this, like a 85 minute film or something? Yeah, something like I that. I bet you were at like 65 minutes at okay, this point. Okay, alright. <laughs> and, uh, how many roller babies have you seen? A zero so far. Okay, you think we'll... I don't. Resolve I wouldn't really issue. count Irvin as a roller baby at this point. Yeah, he's an adult. Uh, so man. Sherman sees this having potential to make them rich. So we cut to Sherman in Fuller Scheidt's office. Fuller walks in carrying a film canister that appears to be wrapped in aluminum foil for futuristic effect. Sure. Fuller is giving feedback and tells Sherman that his son Bull hated this, but. Fuller himself loved it. Fuller Scheidt says he's impressed that Sherman made his own pilot at his own expense, and then confirms that Sherman signed on for 12 episodes of this new series. Sherman leaves to immediately work on the new show, and it's at this point that we see the poster for the new show. It says, Sherman Frobish presents Roller Babies. New, daring, exciting, the fastest moving sex show on TV. 9 o'clock Fridays, Channel 69. See Taffy Pool and Jonathan Z as you've never seen them before. Guaranteed to get you off. We then hear the MC introducing the show, uh, and we just see people circling a room on roller skates. The rules of the show are that there are four teams who circle the rink and come up with the most imaginative sex positions. Sure. 
And I guess they're using this technology so that they can roller skate and not fall over while they're thrusting into one another. More or less. Uh, it doesn't even appear to be in a roller rink. It appears to be in like a hotel conference room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get a POV shot as Taffy and Jonathan circle the room in undies and a belt each. The team scoring the highest point total will win the grand prize. Ten genuine filet mignon dinners and a pair of his and her jumpsuits of 100% nylon. A package worth $50,000. Inflation is a bitch. Yes. We continue to watch Jonathan Z and Taffy Poole demonstrate what's described as a basic position as Jonathan enters Taffy from behind as she bends over. It's explained that each team must be engaged in their sex act for at least three minutes to qualify. And the teams are playing for people at home uh, in such places as Trojan Bend, Indiana, Vast Deferens, New Mexico, Squid Beaver, Pennsylvania, and Bell Hatchet, Nebraska. I'm going to start a new life in New Mexico. In Vast Deferens? Yeah, I think that would be the place for me. <laughs> I'm going to... What do they do in New Mexico? Uh, aliens? Gonna... I'm going to try to, yeah, I'm going to try to turn it back into old Mexico. <laughs> I'm going to try to repatriate it. We see Sherman handing a bunch of cash to Irvin in his lab. Sherman has to leave, saying that he needs to go to Patty Hearst Memorial Stadium. That's a strange... <laughs> <laughs> I guess that was just something that had just recently happened it, it was in timely. history. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, before Sherman leaves, Irvin shows Sherman his new 100% effective contraceptive. Sherman is excited because this means people's lives will change forever. Back to the rink, we see the Does, fort... Doesn't that ruin the need for his show? Uh, yes, but if he's uh, tied to selling it, I he's still going to get rich. Is that the is that the Preparation H-bomb? Or is that something that comes later? Um, Did I make that joke? I don't know what happened. I th I think somebody mentioned something, but that's not what this is. Okay. I remember Preparation H-Bomb being said, but I didn't note what it was. Okay. Uh, so back to the rink, we now see four teams that are competing. So Jonathan Z and Taffy Pool were kind of like the opening act, but they weren't competing. No. Uh, it wouldn't be fair. They're stars already. Yeah. <laughs> the MC introduces everyone. Um, team one starts with moving fellatio in female crouch position, as he describes it. Team four does the moving doggy position that Taffy Poole and Jonathan Z were doing. Another team has the guy holding the woman in the air as he fucks her. Unfortunately, team three is disqualified for ejaculating too early. Team one guy finishes on the woman's face uh, just in, just after enough time had passed. Team 4 is still going doggy style, and he ends up finishing on the woman's ass. The woman from Team 1 then starts sucking off another guy and finishes him off. I don't understand how the game works at this point, there are now no that rules. somebody else is involved. But the quarter ends, and I don't know how the game works. No, yeah, that's it. Uh, apparently there are more quarters, and they'll continue. Like, there's a thing, I guess they can finish as long as they go long enough, but... They continue to compete, so it's on them to like get hard and keep going. I don't I know if the show's going to make it. I don't know if the sport's going to make it. 
I want to see the pilot that uh, Fuller saw so okay. that I can make my own judgment. Yeah. We don't see enough to know for sure. No. We then see Sherman approached by Anita. Anita is excited to be there, and Sherman tells her that Irvin is going to change the world with his new invention, but he'll talk to her later about that. Anita asks Sherman how he afforded this shoot, uh, how he afforded to shoot this pilot, and Sherman says that he got it from his partner, Vito Corleone the Third. Yeah, even in the feature, the mob runs uh, porn. Yes, so he's uh, taking money from Mar- uh, Marlon Brando's grandson. Yes, is yes, is he? Uh, do they? Is there a Godfather that focuses on him? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Okay, not that we've shot yet. All right, <laughs> we'll shoot the Godfather Part Four. <laughs> okay, it's been a while since they made one. It's time to re- to redeem the series. People were like, Godfather 2's great, Godfather 3 was completely unnecessary, and Godfather 4, <laughs> made all these years later, is a total shit show. Oh, man. It's but it's going to be great. Let's make an entire Godfather film in your backyard. <laughs> Sherman explains that he just had to give Vito an offer he can't refuse. Another Godfather reference. We cut over to Vito and see him getting blown by two women. As the camera pans... We see the end on screen. And those were the roller babies. Yeah, I guess they were. (laughs) (laughs) There at the very end, they were. Yeah, there were some roller babies in this film. There were. There sure were. (laughs) So we'll take a quick break, and then we'll be back to give our final thoughts on roller babies. Just did. (laughs) Okay. fucking roller babies (laughs) well we're back on the raincoat report so jeremy you're sick of all these roller babies give us your raincoat review this movie is really unfocused yes it is uh it's basically it's like a series of like gags about how it would be in the future if sex were outlawed and you were like a guy who just wanted to make a buck yeah but there's very little roller babying in this uh yeah it's got a real David Friedman, we don't see the she freak until the end of the movie vibe to it. Yeah, definitely, definitely <laughs> that. Um, and when we do get to it, it's not that good. No, it's not. It's pretty. It's kind of boring. Like if I think they had maybe filmed some roller baby content, and we're like, oh fuck, we can't make a movie out of this. Uh, <laughs> so they had to build the rest around it. I don't know, but. Uh, this film's incredibly unfocused. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of goofy stuff that goes on in it, like uh, the psychic blowjob. Yeah. That's, that's something a, I haven't seen before. That's a delightful moment in the film. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I like a lot of the world building they do, even though it's 
it's pretty dumb. Yeah. But uh, it's nice that they make an attempt at it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I necessarily would want to live in this future, but but I like where they're going. Yeah. I like, I like some of their ideas. I'd like to be able to fuck and also have the porn history class. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like you could have both. Well, we teach one at the Raincoat Institute. That is true. It's online. And it's at 6 a.m. <laughs> you have to be online at 6 a.m. It's a Zoom. It's on Zoom. <laughs> yes. Uh, and boss teaches it because I'm not fucking waking up that early. Yeah, I'm I'm at work teaching an online Zoom class about pornography. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, yeah, I would say this... It's, it's it's a pretty interesting film. It's uh it's definitely not as ambitious or together as like uh some of the films I compared it to earlier like Things to Come or Cafe Flesh. Yeah. Its concept is a lot fuzzier. Mhm. Um I think like I said because the actual concept as they executed it seemed to be kind of dull. Yeah. <laughs> uh but as a as the tale of a, a futuristic con man just going around and uh a fucking about it's it's decent yeah uh it's not a boring film certainly but it doesn't live up to uh its initial concept uh, very much at all i think that it it's funny because you mentioned wanting to watch it like a while ago so yeah. I, f- I imagine that you had Built it up in your head as I really being did. better than it really I think was. I really did. I built it up too much. I was expecting there to be some kind of combat sport, kill yeah. across type thing. Yeah. But ultimately, you don't get that. You get a bunch of little gags that don't really have any payoff either. They're, yeah. they're interesting. Like It's just a lot of like wasted opportunity, I feel like. And yeah. I feel like that happens a lot in these films, but yeah, whatever. Uh at the end of the day, I, I wouldn't kick it out of bed. I would give it three stars. I, I don't have a great review of it. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it's not like there's like a deeper theme or anything to really <laughs> explore in this, ultimately. Yeah. Uh, it's just a goofy fuck film. Yeah. And uh, for what it is, it's a lot of fun. Uh, three stars is a good enough rating. If there had been... I really just wanted there to be a combat element. I wanted it yeah. to be like uh like roller derby, but with your dick. Yeah. Like you're like, oh, I'm gonna check the opponent and then you just stick <laughs> your dick up their ass. I don't know. Yeah. Uh rollerball is a fun and exciting sport. So I hope that even if there's not sex in the future, we have rollerball instead of roller babies. Fair enough. Well, I would agree with your uh, summation of the film. I think that it does do some world building, and that's interesting, but it's not nearly as interesting as it was in Things to Come, where I think that they really did a good job creating a cohesive Yeah, a lot of this future. is... A lot of this is just a man telling you what's happened. Yeah. And then you just like have to imagine the rest yourself. <laughs> like, in Things to Come, there was, like, pornographic like sex violence television that kind of overtaken everything yeah it's pretty cool yeah and they work to like implement that into the film a little bit better yeah and this you're told people can't fuck except that there's a very simple solution to it which is just like smearing vaseline on a camera essentially (laughs) (laughs) 
I feel like there could have been like higher stakes if the government had been working against him in some way mm-hmm. to like be like, oh, we're going to thwart you because we know you're up to no good. But right. he's just buddy buddy with them. And they're ultimately, there's no real conflict in the film, uh, which you, you don't always get in a porn film, but in one where there like are people with like opposing desires, it would seem to make sense that you would include more of that. Yeah. And there just isn't any of that. Yeah. Um, I, I would say that, you know, like I said, comparing it to Things to Come is tough because Things to Come was very cohesive and creative. That and, the, and, you know, it has the weakness in the sense that it's not hardcore. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it's just very, very creative. This... If you put it on the scale of cheap porn movies, it's creative. Yeah. Uh, but all of the concepts really don't work together very well. Maybe not even as much as Star Babes or Star Virgin or whatever that one was. Yeah. Um, Those that at least had some... Darth Vader was in that, at least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then if you compare it to something like Cafe Flesh... Cafe Flesh is very, like, visually arresting Mm -hmm. and feels very artistic. And this film definitely doesn't feel that way. No. I would say that the sex in the film is not bad, but also not great. Mm -hmm. Um, There's some fun anal for a bit, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't write home about any of the sex scenes. Nah. There's... I don't know. As far as a porn film that's kind of low budget, but gets the job done, this kind of rises above most of those. But if you compare it to the more visionary porn films, it doesn't really stand a chance. I would agree with that. Um, I would say that it doesn't reach the heights of either of the films that I compared it to. Uh, I would also give it three stars. It's definitely entertaining, but it's just so... It's so... It's kind of pedestrian in its execution, I yes. would say. Yeah. Yes, it's pedestrian in its execution. And it's just unfocused overall. And while it's never boring, it also doesn't reach very high heights when it comes to its creativity. Yeah. It's not boring, um, but it doesn't really compel me to find out what's going to happen next either. I'm along for the ride, but I don't got my hands up in the air screaming. I'm just on the little roller. Um, it's like a... The one that I would always ride, because I don't like the roller coasters, is a little roller skate. And it's basically like that. (laughs) Yeah. A a couple little, you know, no loops or anything, but a a couple nice little drops and hills and turns. And then halfway through, you ejaculate hands-free. And then halfway through, I ejaculate hands-free, and I'm banned from the park for life. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well... As always, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Raincoat Report, uh, patreon.com slash Raincoat Report. We had our Patreon episode last week where we talked kink roulette, Mm -hmm. and uh, it was quite a kinky affair. We'll do two bonus episodes each month, so keep that in mind. Right now, we've got quite a backlog of Patreon exclusives, so check them out. It's a good time to get in on it. There's probably about 20 of them or so, so far. Something like that, Something yeah. Something like that. We got a nice backlog going. Um, I'm going to let Boss carry us home. All right. So if you're going to be on the fucking suck show in the future in the final few episodes and uh, 
You're going on after Senor Cajones and his talking cock. Don't forget your raincoat. Anita Gumshoes, meet my new partner, Vito Corleone. But, but how? Easy. I just made him an offer that he couldn't refuse. 